Before we begin today's podcast, I would like to announce that I'll be attending the Mind Body Soul Expo on Saturday, September 4th in beautiful Saratoga Springs, New York. The event will be held at the Saratoga Springs Convention Center, 522 Broadway, in downtown Saratoga Springs, which is 30 minutes north of Albany, and admission is free to the public. Come see over 130 vendors, 16 lectures, and eight free classes and workshops. Registration is not required, but if you would like to tell me you're coming, please let me know on my website. Go to vitalbioenergetics.com and click on workshops. I can't wait to see you there. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes. I am your host, Bill G with co-host Nina G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to this podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm Bill G and I'm here with Nina and today we are continuing our conversation about constructs. Now what we said in the last episode is how constructs create a predictability in our life but they also have a very nefarious purpose because it helps it takes us away from our highest most creative life path and keeps us kind of in a box and doesn't allow us to really expand consciously because we're in this predictable pattern that keeps going and going. And what we're trying to do is get beyond that. We're trying to expand our consciousness to something new. Today, we're going to be talking about common blockages or common constructs that get in the way of our soul expansion. So these constructs have a tendency to loop over multiple lifetimes to the point where we start to recognize them as ourselves. Uh, so when we're talking about time loops, we're talking about things that happen just over and over and over again throughout many lifetimes. Eventually, these constructs become what we believe to be core parts of our own personality. So therefore, we see everybody else in our life through the lens of that construct, rather than for what they actually are. And what they actually are is pieces of ourselves. Recently, I took a past life workshop weekend with the Dominar people up in Italy. And it was so amazing. I came out of it with this with a whole different perspective on what it means to have multiple lifetimes. Not like they sit within a timeline where one was in the past and one was in the future, but they all really are happening all at the same time. Our major, the major piece of our consciousness right now is here, even though we are experiencing other consciousnesses elsewhere. That is something I have no idea how to explain. I don't understand it at all. However, um, when we are looking about constructs that we build throughout lifetimes, I had an experience uh, last night, actually, where I have a relationship that I really care about. It's in incredibly important to me and has been, you know, throughout my entire adult life. 
And uh, me and this other person tend to go around and around this one particular sort of negative loop. And while it has been tolerated in the past, it is no longer being tolerated. And I was asking Bill, hey, can you clear out some of that garbage that just keeps it looping around and around? And so that, you know, whatever is blocking that to make this relationship better. And he found out that we keep switching roles from lifetime to lifetime. One person does this terrible thing to the other. And then the next lifetime, the other person does that same terrible thing. And we keep looping it and looping it. So he cleared out the kind of the, the impetus to that, the construct that kept us feeling that way and doing that thing. And I immediately felt so much better. And I realized, you know, now, now that that whole looping thing is done and gone and deleted, now I can dream a better relationship. So I don't know what that would look like, honestly, because really for the last, I don't know how many years we've been living in this same loop. So what would that look like? But I know how I want to be with that person. I know how I want to feel about that person whenever they're around or whenever they're talking to me. So that is something I can focus on and kind of dream that into reality and really kind of focus on that and then let my uh, internal instructions work that out through the um, support network that is around me. So maybe other people will come in and facilitate something or uh, situations will happen and you just kind of got to say yes to all those things because you're actually making it happen. Right. And when you are living these, that particular construct or any particular construct over and over again, it starts to be perceived as, as being normal. And oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I figured, you know, this is, these are the only people that want to come into my life who treat me like this. Right. right? And I started to take that on as a problem that, I owned, and that was a part of me, and I'll never, ever get out of it. But I know that is not the case because I have a, some positive relationships in my life uh, where people aren't treating me like that. So this is just something that I mistakenly took on as my own and was something that was written in stone. And when we have our those types of constructs, we tend to resist having them cleared. Absolutely, because the normalcy of that is comfortable. We are more comfortable with what we know than what we don't know. And part of that is the brain who doesn't like change at all. It's very stressful for the brain and the body to have change. But when we do change and then we get over that and we show our brain and our body, hey, you know, this is way better. They're like, whoa, why, why didn't we ever see this before? Right. What some people make the mistake of doing, though, is that they say, oh, I've got this construct and that other person has that construct too. And so if they change their construct, I'll change my construct. Yeah, no, it's all about you, man. It's all internal every single time because the minute you change, that ripples out to everyone and everything in your vicinity. And then all of a sudden people start to treat you differently. And you would think that even the most staunch and narrow of viewpoint that someone has would not change just because you decided so, but it is amazing when it does. And it happens more and more, the more you test it. Yeah. And, and it's amazing too. When you look around what's happening in the world today, how many of that, how much of that is generated by constructs and 
a unwillingness for anyone to really examine what their own constructs are and just assume, well, that's not my problem, that's somebody else's problem. And if they change, I'll change or vice versa. And it's just, it just that's not the way it works. Um, and if you wish to perpetuate your conflicts by holding on to whatever you think was working for you before, first of all, ask yourself, how's that working out for you? Are you in pain? Are you isolated from your friends and family? Are you unhappy? Are you perpetuating conflicts that don't need to be perpetuated? And are you tolerating that? Because you feel as though that is just how the relationship is, because it doesn't have to be. Gandhi had it right. He said, be the change you want to see in the world. It is absolutely so. And every time I am able to affect this sort of change, I am blown away. And you would think that after all this time of making these, like what I would consider to be absolutely magical miracles happen, you think I'd be used to it by now. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> but still, I'm just in utter awe of what can happen. Yeah. We had a situation where a certain event that comes around every year isn't so pleasant. And we're starting to really not look forward to it anymore, even though it should be super fun. Bill got rid of some blocks that kept us from seeing the solution. And it was literally the next day. And the person involved came up with the most brilliant, brilliant idea to fix it. And then we just took it and ran with it. And it, it solved so many problems and it solved them for everyone. And that person's attitude just turned on a dime. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing how much how many constructs we have around things that happen in our lives or just certain events in our lives, like birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, and that sort of thing. And how, if they're not fun, if they're not, if something's not working out and you know, then you ask yourself, well, what can we do that's different? How can we break out of this? And the answer is, I don't know. We're just going to keep on doing everything we're going to do. Because that's easiest because we don't know what else to do. We can't see the forest through the trees. And then we become helpless. Right. And, but then when we go in and we do, you know, the, the research, we do the dowsing and then we ask high self, okay, all right, we recognize this for what it is. We don't have a solution yet because the, 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 something got to understand about the charts, the charts do not come give you solutions to problems. The charts only make you consciously aware of what the problem is. And then you throw out the intention, okay, I don't want that anymore. I want something different. And then your internal instructions, your internal uh, way of working through problems, which is very local to you, uh, will show you things within your environment, like just within your regular world or, or little synchronicities will pop in your life and, and to help you deal with those problems. And then you can take them or not. Right. And if you choose not to take them, then you're right back in your own co old construct today that, that you started with. Yeah. But nobody can fix that for you. They can just show it to you. And once you can see it, then all of a sudden, all of your people and all of your, uh, I don't know, everything, your whole uh, existence just starts to mobilize and then finds a solution to that problem because you, your higher self, your, your inner light really, really just wants you to be super, super happy. So anything else 
is not something, a state that it likes to sit in because that affects you physically, that affects you mentally, mm -hmm. it affects you psychologically, and that puts you out of balance. And nature is all about keeping balance. Let's talk about the more common blocking constructs that prevent us from letting go of our negative feelings about things that happen all the time. So well, the first one that on our list is positive and negative energy influences. Now we talked a little bit about this last time on things that we attract to ourselves, but this also can be expanded to include um, anything that makes you feel bad or feel good that is outside of the self. Yeah, think about every single circumstance just floating around in the ether all around you like oxygen or hydrogen, right? And you can pull down uh, any one of them at any given moment. So maybe you're seeing something that's more negative, like someone said, hey, maybe you should do this. And, you'll, and then you start to feel guilty because it triggers something else in you. And then you go do that thing, even though you don't want to. That's more of like a negative thing. But a more positive thing would be like, you just wake up and all of a sudden you get this massive inspiration. That is definitely a positive energy influence. It doesn't interfere in your life. It, it's not intrusive. It's just this like really bright spark and you can take it and run with it and make something really beautiful. Or you can be kind of lazy and just toss it off and forget about it because mm -hmm. you're too busy. But that's what we're talking about when we're talking about positive and negative energy influences. And generally negative energy influences are intrusive. They are an attempt to be controlling, whereas positive are just like these little bright spots of massive joy and expansion. And, and both of those are constructs. And a, even a positive one can be blocking if this positive thing is blocking you from doing something else positive that you needed to do that day as well. Or if that positive thing gets warped and turned into something that becomes controlling. Right, right. Like an, an inspiration that turns into a spiritual thought that turns into a religious doctrine. And then all of a sudden now it's turned into this horrible thing. Yeah. So it's really not about what it is that we take in. It's what we do with it mm -hmm. and how we're able to move with the flow and let go of things that aren't working anymore. So the next one I want to talk about is imprints. Now, an imprint is generally a program that is uh, placed on somebody from somebody else. Uh, this could be a another non-physical being, but more likely than not, these imprints are put on to us by people that we care about or by society in general. And these are these can be imprints of harm or imprints of benefit. Um, in that is also this whole idea that this person cursed me and therefore I am going to have bad luck or and that sort of thing. So it's a so it's it's a idea that I am outside of control. I do not have control over my life because somebody else gave me a positive thought and now I'm doing this thing or somebody gave me a negative thought and I'm doing something that is harming myself. If you were like the black sheep of the family when you were a kid because you thought differently or uh, your life was just radically <laughs> different from your family's, maybe your family kind of labeled you as ill like or you know mentally unstable because 
you saw or or perceive things that they didn't and because they said it over and over and over again not only to you but maybe to other members of the family that can become an imprint of harm an imprint doesn't even necessarily have to be verbal it could be a simply a thought it could be just a simple belief um, children, when they are first born and up and through their uh, seventh birthday, are extremely vulnerable to imprints from the people that are around them. Somebody could be going through something that is completely not related to the child at all. They just have, are going through some kind of drama in their life. And that, can, that energy can actually imprint onto the child and become a program that they have to deal with later. How many times have you heard someone say they're just like their father or they're just like their mother, right? That, that is very subtle, but very pervasive imprint. Uh, the next one is cognitive dissidence. Now, cognitive dissidence is a, it's a psychological concept and it relates to having two contradictory thoughts in your mind at any given time. And it's amazing how much cognitive dissidence we have in this world. Uh, like the idea of um, freedom and slavery and the idea of um, I'm going to give up personal power in order to have more freedom. Something even more insidious is say something like um, this group of people, they live a certain way um, and I'm totally fine with them. But the minute they start doing this, which is very uh, typical, like say you have a, um, a gay or lesbian person. Um, maybe someone would be like, well, yeah, they, I'm totally accepting of them, you know, and I have no prejudice against them at all, but they cannot have a relationship because that goes against my beliefs. So mm -hmm. there is a, a really good example of a cognitive dissonance. Or another cognitive You can be you, but yeah. you can't be you at the same time. And, and, and another cognitive dissidence is, yeah, I'm okay with um, interracial relationships or homosexual relationships. And then they start dating your child. And then you realize, oh, I do not like that at all. Now you are faced with that cognitive dissidence. You're faced with, oh, on the outside, in the abstract, I am very politically correct. I know exactly that this is, you know, this is wrong. But then when it happens to you or it happens to someone you care about, you're like, whole oh, crap, now I have to deal with this. And that's a construct in and of itself, too. That blocks you from, again, consciousness expansion. How about something even more subtle, which is, wow, you know, I really, really want to go take this trip. I really want to have more fun. I don't, you know, I, I feel really anxious and not so relaxed. And I really need to relax. But then they continue to work and work really hard. I work, you know, 13, 14, 15 hour days. That is also a cognitive dissonance because something is driving them to do the work and not to have the rest in the play that they can't seem to break away from, even though they believe, though, that they should. Uh, another one here is the illusion of control over others or control over our destinies. I mean, how many people in your life that, especially our children, that we believe that because they are our children, that they will do exactly what we say they're going to do throughout their entire lives. And they, they are not their own person at all. And then when they grow up, we are in for extremely rude awakening. 
children are so interesting. They already come in with their own set of instructions and they instinctively know how to be. Now, you know, maybe uh, due to certain circumstances, there are kids who, um, you know, are self-destructive in a lot of ways. And this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, kids who, uh, all kids have something they know they need to be doing in order to prepare them for adulthood. And a lot of times, like for parents, maybe that isn't something that we think is best for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guarantee if you just let like your kid uh, develop organically, you know, give them the, the modeling and give them the um, limitations that they need if they need those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like just allow them to grow and you'll see like your kid just blossom out into ways you never thought imaginable. And you will find that they have a lot more in common with you than you think. And we can switch that around too. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the adult growing up in close proximity to the parent where the parent has such ideas about how you should be, what religion you should be, where, you know, whether or not you should be going to church and every Sunday and whether, and that kind of thing. And so you get to the point where you feel that you have no agency in your life, that if I do X, Y, or Z, if I, or I, I, you know, I, I marry somebody I love and not somebody who my parents approve of, et cetera, then they're going to stop loving me. Therefore, I can't do it. So there's, again, there's an illusion here that your parents have control over you as an adult as well. And regarding the issue of of control over our own destinies, um, there's so much that's at play and and everyone else uh, around us also has a part to play in that, even far-flung people uh, across the world. We may not see that at all, but we are all connected in that way. So all we can do is um, imagine and dream what it is that we'd like to feel or do. And then we have to just kind of allow the world to kind of take over and um, pave the way for that. Because if we try and sit here and control every aspect, we're going to be wrong about some things. You know, we, everything. <laughs> we may like spend our whole life savings to open this uh, little business. And then two months in, we find, wow, I hate this. Yeah. You or, know, or nobody wants to buy it. Yeah. No one wants to saw like here, you know, and, and then we see, well, wow, that really wasn't what I meant. Right. So we mm-hmm. don't want to sit here and control every aspect. We want to um, allow our own internal instructions to kind of play that out for us by using the support network that is around us, which, you know, again, we never know who's going to, who or what is going to be a part of that support network. Yeah. Another one is promises and vows. And it's funny how many religions, organizations, political things require a vow. And the the whole concept of a vow is that I am stating an oath that I am promising to do something and to go against it means I'm going against God. So therefore I can never go back on a marriage vow. I can never go back to on a, um, the oath I make to my country, my constitution, my whatever, to my family that, you know, when someone says, no, you need to swear on that, it becomes an oath and it takes on an energetic form in and of itself, which makes it 
a construct that it's very difficult to break. And sometimes these things can be positive because um, it provides stability and trust like within a relationship. But when it isn't working anymore and it is slowly kind of dissolving one person from the inside out, mm -hmm. um, something needs to change. And maybe some parts of that vow need to change or maybe maybe the whole thing needs to change in order for both people to grow and be better. Um, but the, the construct itself is very rigid in every case. Or like a contract. <clears throat> a contract is an agreement, a written agreement between two people who don't trust each other. Um, and it enumerates exactly what one person shall do and what the other person shall do, et cetera, et cetera. Because if this contract didn't exist, and when you sign a contract, you are making an oath, you are making a promise or a vow that you will not break the terms of that contract. And again, it has an energetic quality on it. It binds you together. And even if the contract has a termination clause in there and you follow the termination clause, there is still an energetic, a heart thing or a or solar plex energy connection that makes it difficult to break that contract even when you are in the right to do so. I think most people really try and treat each other really well, but there comes sometimes a time and a place where you just can't work within that anymore. And, you know, it's up to us to be considerate of others and feeling of others and what they're going through in order for that to change. Uh, the next thing we want to talk about is astrological beliefs. And not to insult any of you astro astrologists out there, because we love you guys very, very much. What we're talking about specifically here is the technology used to measure the planets and the gravitational forces of them to create a certain personality profile is often used as a construct where, you know, all Libras are emotionally distant. All Scorpios are extremely volatile, yeah, my, angry people. <laughs> my friends are always saying that was such a Scorpio thing to do, Nina. <laughs> right. And I, and you know, I love my Scorpio traits. I really do. Um, as long as I don't take them on and think, well, that's all there is to me. Right. You know, that's a piece of me. It sure is. I do act like that. Absolutely. Is it because I'm Scorpio? Maybe. Is it because of some other things? Of course. But um, I don't take it as, well, this is who I am. And so I can't be anything else. Yeah. And, and that that's the, that's a whole part of that construct. If you can move outside of it and be other things, then it doesn't become a construct to you. And you can be all Scorpio in your glory. Right. And you can, or you can be all cancer in your glory, whatever it, it's, we both had our charts done where we, you know, you take every planet, everything, and you get it all together and it gives you this beautiful tapestry. Oh, and they're, they're so spot on, aren't they? Like yeah. You sit there going, wow, that's amazing. And, and, and because it's amazing, we think, oh, that's the sum total of me. I can't break out of that ever. And that's not true. It's the, your astrological chart is a guideline to show where you are, where you could be going. So that way you can learn to expand beyond it. 
not that this is a rigid construct that I must stay in now because astral, you know, the, the, the chart says so. I can break away from that. I can expand my consciousness. I can be more compassionate. I can be more loving. And I don't have to rigidly follow this thing just because a computer or, or an astrologist wrote it down and therefore it's set in stone. Uh, the next thing is karmic beliefs. Um, and again, this goes along with many uh, religious philosophies, but it goes with Western spirituality as well. And this whole concept that if I do something good, then good things will happen. I do something bad, then bad things will happen. And there's a, this cosmic scorecard out there that takes a uh, assessment of all the good things that you've done and all the bad things you've done, and you are judged based on that. It's like the um, the scales of um, Anubis. And when... you have no control over it either. Like a lot of people will tell you, well, this is your karma, so you just have to live it out. Um, that's not necessarily so either. Yeah. And what I found with doing the time temple charts is that Many people who are living very challenging lives, um, either health-wise or with family-wise or whatever, feel as though that they are generating karma in this life, that they must be do they must have done something horribly, horribly bad in order to deserve a life like this. And that's not necessarily so. A lot of times, um, severe illness or trauma is there because we're learning something. Mm-hmm. Or it's there to get us to do something else that brings us to our highest purpose. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, I've had clients where they are having major health issues or whatever. And they're like, well, why? Why, why me? What did I do that was so terrible? And then when we dig deeper in, into the charts, we discover that their illness or their struggle was a catalyst for them to expand consciously, to be to look within, to find the light within. And now they are shining that light for others to see. And they are the most brilliant, beautiful people you will ever meet. And the last thing I want to talk about is polarity beliefs. And that's um, one that a lot of people have a lot of trouble getting their head around, is that there are good people in the world and that there are bad people in the world, that there are positive entities in the world, there are negative entities, positive ETs, negative ETs. And so the fact is, the truth is, is that we are all one. We are all one unified consciousness for the purpose of ex consciousness expansion and moving up the densities it to become one with source something i learned recently is um every once in a while i'll come across someone um who is very concerned feeling as though they have something attached to them that that isn't theirs like it's something really negative um and they are afraid right and we can go through all the clearing and nothing comes up as far as like an entity but you can really think about um, that sort of feeling as a construct that you've created for yourself and taken in and made your own so that you are completely identifying with it, but you know somewhere it doesn't belong. 
But what's interesting about it is I've had clients come to me with feeling as though they're being attacked by outside entities, like negative entities. And then when we do the research, we discover that these entities are actually aspects of themselves. Yeah. And they are showing themselves something. They're trying to get their own attention to go, hey, this doesn't belong to me. This isn't part of me at all. And I can just let this go. And it's just not going to be a big deal. But since they've taken it on and really integrated it so deeply into themselves and become so afraid. Right. Right. Well, because they have this belief, this, this construct yeah, that, then that, it, that this is, this is something that is attacking me. This is something that is outside of self. And it is in a way. And it isn't. And it isn't. <laughs> we make our own problems. We solve our own problems. The whole goal here is to just understand that if you really get to know yourself, if you really start to live who you are, it doesn't matter what anybody says, what anyone expects of you, what people say you should be doing, whatever feels right in your own body to be doing and being and thinking and feeling, that is what gets you super grounded in yourself. And then none of these constructs can come in because you can take them or leave them. You can set them over to the side and you can watch them come and go and they don't affect you because you're not taking them in because you already know who you are and you don't have to take on outside identities in order to make that whole. If you would like to explore your constructs and what is blocking you from expanding your consciousness, please come to my website, uh, vitalbioenergetics.com and click on book online and set up an appointment. And we will be, I'll be happy to go through the, uh, the dowsing charts with you. And so that way we can find out what is those, what are those blocking constructs that are keeping you from expanding your consciousness? Well, thank you very much for joining us. And I hope to see you guys soon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please visit our website at www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.